Chapter Four of From Bangkok to Bombay, Siam, French Indochina, Burma, and Hindustan by Frank G. Carpenter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Some Shrines and Rites of Siam. In Siam, about one in every ten of the male population between the ages of sixteen and eighty has a shaved head and wears a yellow robe counting both monks and novices there are in this country close to two hundred thousand buddhist priests and judging from the numbers i have seen in bangkok i think about half of them must make their headquarters here they wear yellow robes because when buddha went forth from his palace to beg his way among men he donned this dress by taking it he humbled himself to the level of the lowliest and so it is worn by the buddhist priests to this day as an evidence of their humility the priests are under the immediate control of the king who gives them every year the material for their yellow gowns but they are dependent upon the public for their one meal a day every morning the streets of the city are alive with priests going quietly about with their begging bowls which they hold out for rice as they pass along they never ask for food and if it is not offered the bowl is quickly withdrawn so that anyone who wants to contribute has to be in a hurry about it in fact these men have almost a supercilious air as they stand while rice is dropped into their bowls and the reason for this is the idea that the giver and not the receiver is benefited by the gift buddhists are taught that those who give to the support of their religion acquire merit for themselves in so doing and that the priests really render a service in affording such an opportunity the regular priesthood numbers about ninety thousand most of whom serve the government by conducting schools they charge no fees for their instruction but the pupils are expected to attend the temples and perform certain menial duties for their teachers every siamese youth is obliged to spend some part of his life in the priesthood his service may not be longer than three months but during that time he must conform strictly to the rules even to the extent of begging his food like his father and his grandfather before him the present king has gone about in a yellow robe with shaven head and unsandaled feet asking his one meal a day of the people over whom he is now absolute ruler with other young men he has studied the tenets of buddha in the temple of the emerald idol immediately on ascending to the throne he announced that his reign should be devoted to upholding and strengthening our holy buddhistic faith there are in his kingdom which you remember is smaller than texas no less than fourteen thousand buddhist temples bangkok fairly bristles with their gilded spires and an aviator flying low over the capital would have to look sharp to dodge them on the only elevation in the city rises wat sa ket built upon an artificial hill made of brick its spires are studded with sapphires and its porches are guarded by huge stone images from it one gets a fine view of bangkok with its banyans its bamboos and its tamarind trees pierced here and there by four and even six-story government and office buildings and department stores and by the spires of still other wats or temples Curving around the city is the majestic Minam with its teeming river life. The Buddhist temples of Bangkok are costly beyond description. 
the finest of them all is the wat fra kyo or temple of the emerald idol which is connected with the palace of the king here he worships daily and it was here that he declared himself defender of the faith of his people its lofty spire is made of coil after coil of masonry covered with gold leaf all the woodwork of the temple inside and out is overlaid with gold leaf i visited it yesterday passing by the armed men at the gate of the palace my guide conducted me beyond great walls into a vast court filled with buildings faced with painted porcelain and decorated with gold and pieces of colored glass some of the structures clustered about the temple had massive square pillars enclosing wide cloisters and others rose story after story into spires decorated with thousands of figures of men and beasts and showing here and there golden images of the sacred elephant around the base of these buildings and in the courtyard of the wat were marble statues of men of all nations in the most curious costumes i noted a dutchman with his pipe a chinese mandarin with his umbrella and a daimyo of japan with his two swords at one gate of the temple there is a statue said to represent saint peter i was told that king Mongkut bought it of an italian sculptor along with the marble cirrus taking them both i doubt not because they were cheap it seems strange to see saint peter attending the gate of a buddhist temple but then there are many strange things in bangkok entering one of the halls through doors of ebony inlaid with mother of pearl i found ranged below golden statues of buddha a mixture of rubbish gathered from the four corners of the earth here are glass oil lamps from america beside china candlesticks from germany old dutch clocks and glass fruit dishes of the ten cent store variety are set side by side with costly dresden vases and real objects of art in gold and silver there are candles of every size burning in all sorts of candlesticks some as big around as the body of a man and some plated with gold the largest candles will burn for weeks before a buddha and their flickering flame is supposed to expiate a multitude of sins from the ceiling which is a mass of gold fretwork hang magnificent chandeliers the high altar is pyramidal in shape and sixty feet high upon it sits the emerald idol an image of buddha twelve inches high and eight inches wide the superstitious believe that buddha himself alighted upon this spot in the form of a great emerald and by a flash of lightning conjured into being the temple and the altar for his house and throne close observers have declared however that the image is carved not from emerald but from jade the collar and the hair are of the purest gold and while the metal was in a molten state diamonds sapphires rubies emeralds and other precious stones were embedded in it below the emerald idol there are numerous other images of gold plate in the rooms opening off from this great hall i saw monks clad in yellow sitting cross-legged on the ground or lying down with their heads upon pillows many were studying long strips of palm leaf an inch wide upon which were printed the prayers of their religion in the temple i looked at the holy fire burning on the altar and my guide told me that this fire was used for lighting the funeral pyres of royalty it went out about a century ago 
and the people of bangkok were in despair until one of the buildings was struck by lightning and from the heaven-sent flame they rekindled the fire which has been burning ever since the next temple i visited was that of the sleeping buddha here also there is a wilderness of buildings crowned by lofty spires gorgeous and gaudy with white stucco gilt colored porcelains and bits of glass of many hues the sleeping buddha which is one of the largest idols in the world is one hundred and fifty feet long a room sixteen feet wide makes a good-sized bedroom yet you could not put the two soles of this buddha's feet on a floor sixteen feet square buddha lies on his side resting his great head on his arm the arm near the elbow is as big around as the largest oak tree you have ever seen and his gilded ears if stood upon end would reach about four feet higher than the average ceiling his body is i judge nearly fifty feet thick at the waist the legs of the statue are almost sixty feet long and its toenails measure about fifteen inches upon these are engraven the ten attributes of buddha and the soles of the feet are covered with bas reliefs inlaid with mother-of-pearl the figure rests upon a platform about four feet high the body is built of brick heavily coated with lacquer and covered with gold leaf less than a hundred miles to the southwest of bangkok on the side of the palace mountain at pechaburi lies the companion of this sleeping buddha travelers on the trains through that part of siam may look out upon the colossal image close to the track there this figure too is made of bricks overlaid with gilded lacquer the right arm which is folded under the head is supported by several immense pillows the ears droop to the shoulders the siamese say that when a child shall be born with fingers and toes all the same length and with ears coming down to its shoulders then another buddha will have come into the world so far however none has ever seen such an infant the pegawans of burma living in siam make annual pilgrimages to the sleeping buddha at pechaburi and the women used to anoint the feet with perfumes and fragrant oil and then wipe them with their beautiful hair as they chanted the praises of the enlightened one but the siamese made so much fun of them that they finally gave up the custom according to tradition there was once a door in the back of this idol giving access to a room filled with treasure hidden there in a time of danger to the kingdom no trace of a door is to be seen today but perhaps the treasure does lie buried beneath the guardian image siam is the land of cremation all people here burn their dead for the soul of him whose corpse is not burned is supposed to go directly to hell there to slay forever for a dog-faced god with a human body whose feet are in the brimstone flames the uncremated dead are compelled to carry water in baskets over a long bridge to pour upon these hot feet and they are denied further transmigration of soul cremation is thus the only means by which a soul may go through its cycle of transmigrations until it at last reaches the buddhist heaven nirvana the state of complete peace in siam it costs more to be buried than to be married and an irish wake is nothing to the festivities of a first-class siamese funeral as i write this the sound of the carpenters nearby is plainly heard they are putting up a huge funeral pyre 
and are building a structure finer than the home of a well-to-do siamese family a nobleman has died his body which has been kept for some weeks is now to be burned all of his clan will celebrate the occasion and there will be music dancing theatricals and feasting the most splendid funeral of all is of course that of the king king mongkut's obsequies cost more than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars when his successor chula longcorn was dying he requested that while his cremation ceremonies should be marked with a magnificence befitting his rank there should be no unnecessary expenditure and that any funds thus saved should be used for the advancement of the kingdom his wishes were respected and every church hospital and school in siam regardless of creed received useful gifts bought with the money left over after all bills were paid on the occasion of the funeral the special buildings were smaller than usual though they were even more beautiful than those set up for the cremation of Mongkut. for months beforehand the artisans exercised their greatest skill the funeral structures formed a group about a central gilded tower thirty-eight feet square at the base and rising two hundred and forty feet into the air this was the fra meru prepared for the casket and the funeral pyre at its corners were four prayer towers while surrounding all were pavilions of the king the queen mother the foreign diplomats and other officials of rank in the past the body of a monarch was not cremated until a year after death but the final ceremonies for chula longcorn took place six months after he had breathed his last meantime the embalmed body placed in a sitting posture in a copper casket encased in one of gold was kept in state in a little chapel within the palace grounds buddhist services were held before it daily and representatives of all nations came to leave their offerings of flowers gold and silver wreaths and artificial trees made of gold the ceremonies and celebrations at the time of the cremation lasted for a whole week on the final day the jeweled casket was lowered from its place and taken to the fra meru in the procession were the state troops bands playing chopins and handel's funeral marches the scarlet-clad musicians of the palace guard band with silver trumpets metal gongs and conch shells and the holy prince or high priest dressed in his yellow robes and seated in a gilded car drawn by one hundred and fifty men in scarlet liveries in his hands he held a silver ribbon one end of which was fastened to the royal casket in the car behind him so that hallowed influences might pass from him to the dead behind the funeral car walked king rama the sixth dressed in his field marshal's uniform after the members of the royal family came the representatives of great britain france russia the united states and the other powers and the officers of the siamese government departments arrived at the fra meru the king entered his pavilion the coffin was lowered from its car to a gorgeous palanquin and the procession marched three times around the tower then the casket was drawn up on an inclined plane to the pyre for a time it was hidden behind golden curtains while the outer casket was removed and replaced by one of sandalwood at sunset the meru was lighted with electric lights and the curtains were pushed back the conch shells and the quaint drums and other ancient instruments 
burst into music as the king ascended the pyre and applied the sacred flame next morning the pyre was extinguished and the royal ashes were gathered and sprinkled with perfume enclosed in an urn of gold set with diamonds they were escorted in a solemn procession to the chapel where the body had been in state they were removed a few days later to their final resting place in a buddhist monastery erected by chulalongkorn as a monument to his long and enlightened reign far different from the scenes attending the cremation of royalty was the one i viewed many years ago in the courtyard of the beautiful wat sa ket i shall never forget the horrible sight i beheld when i entered the great enclosure set aside for the disposal of the pauper and criminal dead at that time it was the practice to cast their bodies into this place and leave them lying on the ground to be devoured by the dogs and by the flocks of vultures that continually circled overhead all about me were half-eaten corpse and as i looked i saw a dozen gray-winged scavengers fighting with the hungry-eyed dogs for a mass that had once been a human being beside the bloody corpse being fought over by dogs and buzzards lay quantities of human skulls and odd legs and arms of the dead of yesterday within the court were several low brick buildings out of one of them came a toothless old hag with gray hair and wrinkled skin who motioned me to come inside i did so and there along a wall a dozen grinning skulls she wanted me to buy one as a souvenir then she led me away to another part of the grounds and showed me some coffins which she said had contained the bodies of cholera victims i was told that many of the poor siamese used to dedicate their bodies to the vultures of the wat sa ket and that it was customary to burn the bones after the birds had stripped them clean next we peered into a cave where there was a small golden buddha meantime a little child had come up and was standing beside the old hag i could not help being struck by the contrast between the little one's freshness and all the horrors amid which she was growing up inside the enclosure not far from the clustering dogs and vultures was a hut and i caught the gleam of a fire the woman was cooking dinner for herself and her child there i am glad to say that this horrible institution has been abolished and the wat saket is today unmarred by its former ghastly spectacle End of chapter 4